Welcome back to the Outside and Active podcast. I'm your host, Matt Coyne. In this episode, we talk to a good friend of ONA, Brian Wood, well known for the documentary and book of his story on the BBC titled Danny Boy. We documented Brian's journey back in November as he ran 25 marathons in 25 days in memory of fallen comrades to the Iraq and Afghanistan conflicts, with one mile dedicated to every 635 lives lost. He describes himself as not a runner, and we beg to differ. We talked to Brian about his Battle of Danny Boy and onto his running journey with the ultimate sacrifice and how it has helped his mental and physical health. Before we dive into the conversation with Brian, here's a short word from our episode partner, ABF The Soldiers Charity, about their upcoming Cataran Yomp. The Cataran Yomp is the biggest, toughest event of its kind. Taking place on the 4th and 5th of June in the foothills of the Cairngorm Mountains in Scotland, teams battle through 54 miles in 24 hours across the rugged terrain of the Scottish wilderness. Not wanting to go the full distance, you can also sign up for the 36 or 22 mile options. Take part with friends, family or colleagues to experience an unforgettable weekend whilst raising money for soldiers, veterans and their families. Whichever distance you choose, you will get to test both your physical and mental limits whilst trekking through some truly breathtaking scenery. The Cataran Yomp is a fundraising event for the Soldiers Charity, the national charity of the British Army. They provide a lifetime of support to soldiers, veterans and their families when they are in need. A recognised event for the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, this is a year not to be missed. Visit soldierscharity.org forward slash yomp, that's Y-O-M-P, for more information and for £10 off registration, enter the code OUTSIDE. Take on the best, take on the yomp. Sports Tours International provide the opportunity to participate in the world's biggest marathons, take on the most challenging sportives and watch some of the toughest bike races on the planet. As international travel partner of the six world marathon majors, including TCS New York Marathon, Tokyo Marathon, Austin Marathon, BMW Berlin Marathon, TCS London Marathon, and Bank of America Chicago Marathon, as well as the VIP tour operator of the three Grand Tours and five Monuments of Cycling, they get people of all ages and from all walks of life to the starting line or in prime spectator view. Find the next event to inspire your running at sportstoursinternational.co.uk. It's not just mass participation you could choose either. They also have an exclusive partnership with the world's number one training resort, Club La Santa in Lanzarote, to accommodate anybody looking for training or active holiday at this incredible sports leisure resort. Try your hand at over 500 different activities and enjoy recovery in the sunshine and an array of wellness facilities for all ages, abilities, whether solo, groups, couples, and families. To find out more, head over to clublasanta.co.uk. Woody, thank you very much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you on. You're a friend of the Outside and Active podcast. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And I want to jump straight in and ask you a question. I'm really interested to hear how you respond to this. But if I was someone and I came to you and I said, I'm not a runner, but I've run 25 marathons in 25 days, what would you say? Fair play. Your (laughs) mental state must be half decent. (laughs) Because I'm not a runner and I did run 25 marathons in 25 days and it it was some journey. But it was something that I thought about, I dissected, and if I was going to put my name to such challenge... And especially what it was um, representing and who I was remembering, mm-hmm. I, I needed to make sure that 
I can back up what I committed to do. And um, like I said, it was some journey. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll go into that in, in a few minutes, but let's take it back to to growing up. Your military background, you have come from a military family, and that's that's really kind of what you what you started off in life. Yeah, I mean, we've got hundreds of unbroken service years within mm. our family, and uh, and my son continues that legacy. He's um, just about to graduate from his phase one training. He inspires to be a a paratrooper in the parachute regiment so he's still got way to go yet but he'll continue the legacy and um yeah i had an extremely um challenging time within the military just because of the era that i was yeah. operating in with afghanistan and iraq so close to one another um it was to the point of chronic burnout really with the amount of operational commitments that we were on, but I wouldn't change it for the world. It absolutely gave me um, so many tools that I use today. Yeah, and touching on on obviously your difficult times in the in the military when you've you know, you've experienced things that 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 the majority of people haven't been through and haven't I don't understand. And I think it would be great to touch on the Battle of Danny Boy. You know, it's it's um, Danny Boy is out on BBC iPlayer. It's, it's documentary kind of a, a real documentary about um about what you went through with that talk us through the battle of danny boy and what kind of and, and what makes it stand out it was, it was an extremely unique situation to what you would find in modern kind of conflict isn't it yeah i mean it was trench warfare so it was mm. hand-to-hand fighting and uh yeah it was a, a very demanding day never expected to you know be in a position where yeah. i was in and you know, but as a as a frontline soldier, flexibility is a principle of war, and you have to be flexible in in whatever environment that you're in, on operations. And you know, we were ambushed. The uh, the command was to to get out of our vehicles that we were in and go and counter the ambush, and we were heavily outgunned and outnumbered. And uh, yeah, me and the others displayed some courage, true grit, tenacity, and. And we went forward and and uh, managed to you know to clear that ambush position of mm. of enemy and taken you know we and we took a lot of prisoners of war as yeah. well. So it was real hard, brutal fighting. Mm. And what's remarkable about that is that you were in command at that point, but you were only twenty three years old. You weren't you know you weren't someone that had been there for obviously a, a, a long time and and this was something that you were thrown into at 23 years old. Yeah, I mean, I didn't look at it like that because in the military, you're given so many tools to cope with pressure, to cope with decision-making, to allow yourself some breathing space. We call it a cigar moment. And I wasn't the only commander. I wasn't the sole commander on the ground that day. And I had some remarkable men who displayed some extreme you know, courage, decision making, and and uh, and followed some clear direction. So it it wasn't about me; it was mm-hmm. a, about us and the bigger picture. But yeah, I mean, it tested us to the extreme for sure. And um, like you said, it was recently turned into a BBC ninety-minute drama, yeah. and uh, which is currently on BBC iPlayer, and actually displays my life story from mm-hmm. me as a young young boy growing up, and then. Obviously, going through 
um, the latter side of um, war fighting, which yeah. was the Al Swede inquiry and uh, the allegations that me and my team were up against murder, mutilation, and mistreatment, which then tested me in a completely different arena, yeah. one I wasn't used to. And that must be difficult being someone who's so patriotic and, f- and fighting for their country to then almost see it turn back on them and uh, it must be a difficult situation to find yourself in. Yeah, I mean, when you're awarded the military cross from Her Majesty the Queen to then years later be you know in front of these allegations, it was um, it was a tough period of my time. It really took control of me and uh, I couldn't understand why to the point I went and speak to someone about my mental well-being. Mm. I was just all over the place at this point and uh, I had to go and get some clarity and I had to understand why I was feeling the way I was feeling. And a lot of it was actually build up of trauma throughout mm. my um, military sort of operational tours and what I'd seen and what I did. I'd never spoken about it. I'd never really... Yeah, sort of acknowledged it. It was kind of just park it, each trauma I'll park. But from these allegations now, it was started to build up and there was a lot of weight on my shoulders. And it's it's that tough step of actually going and knocking on the door. You can you know set off on that journey to go and actually talk to someone, but until you actually sit down and start talking about it, it's actually a really tough thing to do. And you, know, you would say it better, but I can imagine for people that have come out of the military, it can be kind of... I'm sure it's changing now, but it's still quite an unspoken about thing. That It's quite a tough thing to go out and, and try and talk about that. I think it's a tough thing in general. Yeah. You know, you look at the statistics, it's not just military statistics. It's, it's what happens within the general population. You know, females are very good at talking about their feelings and you know, not them all, but they are a lot better than yeah. the blokes are. And, and we just don't like to talk about our feelings. Everything's okay. It's just this big facade and, Yes, I came from an all-male environment where testosterone was at the heart of everything. You wanted to be the best you wanted, you know, you could be. You had that desire, focus, and that unstoppableness attitude to be the best you can be. But the bottom line is I'm still a human being. And that's kind of me being a bloke was what was stopping me from actually going to, to seek some support in the first place. Because I think the first start is acknowledging that there's a problem. Once you've acknowledged it, then it's then your chance to then move into how do I now seek some support to understand why I feel the way I'm feeling and how I can start to grow from the adversity that you've, that, you know, I was going through. It mm. was, I needed to get some support. I needed to get some help. But ultimately, I still wanted to grow into being a better person from the experiences that I was going through but obviously sat chatting about it on a podcast is is you know it's easy to talk about the journey but actually going yeah. through it is it's, it's a whole it's different tough. thing yeah yeah and I think that leads quite nicely onto into onto your running and of course I can imagine that coming from the military background you're in quite a good athletic state anyway but you say like you said earlier you're not a runner you kind of were doing it to to keep yourself ticking over to keep yourself fit keep your mental state in a good way yeah, soldiers, especially a frontline soldier, you have to be robust, you have to be fit. There's an expectation, and especially when you're a leader and commander and a decision maker, you've got to be by example. So, And also, it's personal pride. In my opinion, for me, it was personal pride. It was, you know, I wanted to 
feel good and, and look good when I was operating. However, when you're in the military, it's, not, it's all on their terms. So running, I had to do it because it was what was you know written in the program. Yeah. And um, all of this, it was out of my control because I had to do it. But I, I also sometimes enjoyed it, but never really running. I enjoyed sport and I, I enjoyed getting my kit on and, and operating. But running was kind of always a chore when I was in the military. But recently, I've kind of fallen in love with it. God knows how, because I'm, <laughs> I'm not a runner. But I've just, it's really, when I run, it's my freedom space. It's, I believe I can take on the world. Yeah. It's, I've, I have sort of my own thinking time I plan what the business is going to be doing and it's just I'll get away from everything yeah so when back to when you're finding it sure how do you go from that to the idea of the ultimate sacrifice challenge yeah it's a good question I mean I wanted to do something unique Mm. and I wanted to remember the fallen with Compassion, dignity, and also allowing the loved ones to be part of it. That was my thought process. Because I was always on edge because when you're dealing with heartache, it's tough because some people don't want to be involved. Some people, you know, aren't really overly happy with you doing stuff that involves their son or daughter or, yeah. or husband you know so it's it's um you have to be a little bit fragile around it but it's something that i really wanted to do and i wanted to represent the 635 lives that were lost during the iraq and afghanistan campaign and there was no better way to in my opinion respect remember and uh, and test myself mm. at the same time. So I decided to yeah run twenty six miles a day, but then I rounded up to a marathon throughout November and for twenty five days. And well, you were part of it, so you knew. What, yeah. What I was, what well, I was when up against. when you first came to us and 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 asked us to support on it, and you, I think it really rang true that you were literally someone who was just like, right, I, I want to do this. I'm not a runner. I don't know really necessarily in terms of setting up I just want to turn up and I want to run every day and remember the lives of the people that have given their lives to this country and I remember first hearing about it and thinking that 25 if he's not you know if he's not properly training or whatever like surely it's not possible but when I first when I joined you I saw you after you know the first few days I think I joined you on day four and I saw you battle through because those first few days were quite difficult after Mm -hmm. the first one when your body was kind of repelling saw you going up 2,000 foot of elevation on day four. And I thought, okay, right, I've no doubt in my mind that this is going to happen now. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, I never put myself forward for something so personal to so many if I believed that I wasn't going to do it. And I'm very stubborn um, upstairs. And I knew if my body was going to hold up that mind, you know, mind state, I was all over and... uh and I, I say that not being arrogant. I, I say it because I'm so driven that mm. I would go to the point I would break. And that's what I was willing to do. I was I didn't speak about or let people see how much pressure that I was under. 
but each day I had 26 names on my shirt throughout that whole 25 days. And when you're having them names on the back, that's a heavy weight to carry. Yeah. And I was just praying that my body would hold up. And there was a few occasions where I was struggling. I mean, my Achilles would triple the size like they should be, probably borderline eruption, you know, eruption. Stress fracture in my left ankle, my right knee is still just not not right. Um, but my head state was fresh. It really was in a good. I was in a good place, even in the hardest of times. It was the 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 pain was the overwhelming factor yeah. of how it would slow me down, and I would have to have these painkillers. Well, you saw, you know, it was that was the the problem for me. But in my mind, I still knew if my body would, I can cope with the pain. But as long as I can still keep moving, then I would complete it. There was a couple of key elements that I, I know you said before have helped you through. Was obviously one you mentioned having the names of all of those people on your back that you were reading out and you you were kind of remembering at each mile, and that was one element. But also, you weren't sure who was going to turn up, and you know you'd have some route guides and there'd be some people offering support that you, but you thought there might be days we'd be on our own, but. Uh, coming when it actually happened that there was no day where you were on, on your own no mile where there wasn't someone there to support you that must have been something that kept you going as well yeah I mean the power of a community it's extraordinary and uh, for sure you know having people on the start line just to take my mind off the pain um, take my mind off the miles was a thing of beauty and it really did help me through and you know what my wife took on you know, with the business, the worry about me, cooking, looking after the family. I mean, this testament to her. And, uh, you know, my, having my my dad come down from Scotland and yeah. my son come and join me and, and, and my youngest son come out and run 12 miles at 12 years old. I mean, I just had everyone on, on you know, sort of bought into to what I was trying to achieve. And I was doing it for a charity uh, walking with the wounded for those who serve yeah. and um, here we raised £170,000 which is incredible and uh, yeah I'm very very grateful yeah the, the the amount that you raised considering you set out to, to raise 20000 thinking that was a bit as you I would did, say yeah. a bit necky yeah I thought it was necky when I put 20000 on you know the, the the giving page I was like that's a big big punchy target to get to but I surpassed that without even starting. I know. So it was just incredible. And then obviously the Good Morning Britain team got behind me. Yeah. Ben Shepherd come out and and ran uh, the last two miles of day eleven and cycled the majority of it. And then uh, on the thirteenth, I think it was Susanna Reid was at the Iraq Memorial, and uh, yeah, we met up with them. So I had a very good support from the broadcasters as well yeah well touching on that when you said we met Susanna Reid I was running with you and you were that was one of the days where you you, there was a bit more pressure because usually you'd start at nine and then you'd kind of finish when you finished but with that day you wanted to be at the at at, at the Afghan and Iraq memorial at 11 to pay your tributes and there were times you know I remember we were meeting at five and there was no sign of you and you came around the corner hobbling. You could barely, you could literally barely yeah. walk. And I thought there's no way we're getting there. And after, you know, just less than 500 metres of walking, you started to go into a bit of an amble and then a jog. And then from yeah. then on, you were just like, right, 
I will stop it a little bit just to take on some water or whatever, but that was it. I'm getting there yeah. for 11 o'clock and there's nothing stopping me. That was what it was like every day. Mm. It took me, I would slide down the stairs on my bum because my Achilles was so bad in the mornings. But then once I get walking and then shuffling and jogging, then I'll run. Then I'll be back out to normal striding. So that was the how it was um, throughout uh, that that journey. And um, But let's talk about some of your achievements because here, <laughs> day four, you never quite made it, did you? No, I, I set off on day four to run just like five miles with yours, just dropping, dropping off a tracker and then you... I was in your Dragged, ear saying, yeah. come on, you can do this. And I'd only ever run 13 miles or so, you know, a half marathon before that. And I thought, okay, right, I'll give it a go. And I picked the right day because it was a bit of a, an arse of, of a hill that we had to go up. And I got to 22 and was like, no, that's it, that's it. And I was a bit disappointed. But then you, you got me back out again on day yeah. 40 or whenever it was. And, uh, yeah, did a couple of marathons with you towards the end. And yeah. I think I, I can speak for the people that supported you that say that you – you were inspiring in terms of, I know you were doing it for, for the names on your back but and, and the people supporting you were, but also seeing you go through that pain was, was another level of inspiration for people. And I think it summed it up on the last day when you were, obviously it was a great day, you had loads of people with you, but there was a, I, I'm not sure who it was, but it was either one of your son's friends or someone from the community that was just coming out to run. And I think it was, it was his hamstring or his quad was struggling. And yeah. we were nearing the end and it was kind of the finish line, finishing line was in sight as such, you know, a few miles to go. But this kid was struggling at the back and you went all the way to the back to, to go and run with him and, yeah. and just talk to him and get him through a few miles. I think that just really shows what you're about. I think it's important. You know, it's, like I said, it's never been about me. I, I chose to do that challenge, but it was for everyone else. And, you know... I was hoping that the, the parents or the brothers and sisters or anyone who's lost loved ones in conflict, it, you know, it was just a way of, of bringing their candle back to, you know, ignition. And I was passionate about that. So it was never to do with me. And I'm a big team player. And if people are sacrificing their their time to come and support me, then we're in this together mm. and we will finish together. And that's kind of my mindset. It's, we're not there to break any records. We'll, we'll come in as a collective. And yeah. and when Jim was struggling, you know, I felt a responsibility to go and support him and and massage his leg and get the massage gun out and yeah. help him and give him some fluids and try to, you know, get him to where he needed to be energy-wise to complete it because I was wanting to him to also achieve something that he hadn't achieved before and we're, we're running a marathon and, Maybe it's a little bit of the selfless commitment within my values, yeah. which is instilled in me from my family and the military. But, you know, as a team, you can achieve so much more. And that's what it's about. It's looking out for one another, getting around each other and, and um, you know, finishing what we started. And there was an amazing moment on the last day. And there were so many, I'm sure, down points and obviously very serious topics that... that and the reason that the whole thing came about, of course, and I think we stopped halfway through on that final day uh, and remembered because that was the point where you'd effectively, effectively completed the challenge. But of course you wanted to do that, that, that finish that marathon for the families. But there was a great moment on the last day where we had the, the filming truck next to us filming at the band. They were playing Sweet Caroline yeah. and the whole chorus of about 20 people running with you yeah. started singing Sweet Caroline. And that was just an incredible moment. Yeah, that's a highs. That's the highs where everyone, you know, just spontaneously came together. It's a well-known song. We're all feeling it because we're well into, you know, some true mileage there. And, yeah. and I had friends who 
have been on this journey with me sort of overachieved within themselves and I knew they were hurting and then this music came on and all of a sudden yeah, everyone was, was arms were in the air and singing Sweet Caroline which was was definitely the pinnacle of, of that challenge yeah. and uh, just seeing yeah everyone just loving life for that split second was it, was it made it all worthwhile and for me you know having my both my son's wife and my dad and my mum, who was at home, worried sick, always following my <laughs> on the tracker, always, always yeah. on the tracker every day, and would message me when I finished. You know, so yeah, I was it's a very, real community feel, wasn't it? Mm, Completely, everyone came out to the point that I've been um, given freedom of my town, which is unbelievable. Had the, the sort of the town mayor at the finish line. And I was exhausted, and then for them to say, "Look, we would love to offer you the freedom of the town," it was just extraordinary. And you know, I don't think I deserve the freedom of the town. I don't think I deserve anything. The bottom line is, I wanted to 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 remember my way, and if I could raise a few quid, then it would have been brilliant. Mm. But to then see how it went, it's yeah. just above and beyond my expectations. Yeah, and and going through that finishing line, I mean, that was just a, I could physically see it was a release of pressure and emotion and it was incredible like yeah. the, the pictures and the footage from it's amazing and that's right it was a lot of pressure which was then kind of the floodgates had opened because i was done and i remembered everyone that i set out to remember and uh yeah it, i was exhausted yeah. and family were there community were there and it was just oh, i was savage it was brilliant and who would have thought from being in an office in Guildford, sat there yeah. and you nodding your head thinking, is this it? guy is wild. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And and I'd come over after pulling my calf. Yeah, muscle. you were injured at that so point. I was injured at the point thinking, like, what's going on? But with throughout the injury, I had so many good people around me. Portsmouth Football Club got me in and, and got me into their treatment room. I had people, like, reaching out to support me, acupuncture, you name it. You know, I had... Um, yeah, very cool people mm. wanted to to get me fit for the start line, and that, and, it, and it happened. And just before we go forward onto onto what's next for you, I have to I have to say there was you you went through all of this pain, and I know that obviously the first couple were okay, and then your body starts to repel, and then you kind of go through that horrible period of kind of marathon ten to marathon seventeen, and, and then your body starts to get used to it. But I can't remember what day it was, but you actually ran a sub four marathon. Yeah, it was later on nineteen. Yeah. Marathon 19. You just, just must have felt it. I was free as a bird. I just had this moment. So I tried to do it. For me, I always set myself mini goals within goals. Mm. I just think it's important for, for for me as an individual to try and keep testing myself. So throughout the 25 days, I'd said to myself, self, I need to get under four hours on one of these. And I tried to do it on one of the early ones, I think it was like marathon six mm. and I got four Oh three. So I was fuming with myself, but I just didn't have anything left in me. And then I thought if I get a good opportunity and I feel good, then I'm going to go for it. And I was actually with an ultra runner and he was a fit, fit guy mm. and really helped me because he would be pushing me. And then I had this moment that, I felt as free as a bird. I thought, oh, I am feeling brilliant. I've got to go. And I opened my legs and he'd stayed with me for about 
I don't know, two miles. And I just opened my legs again. <laughs> and and he was gone. <laughs> see you later. I was like, oh, I'm off. And he's like, how are you doing that? Like marathon 19. I was like, see you later. I'm off. It's amazing how the body works like and that. Yeah, I was gone. And uh, I've done three hours, 53 minutes. 19 marathons in, in yeah. consecutively. Amazing. But if that, if you were then to go back to marathon nine, the day after my birthday, where I was near on crawling up yeah. hills, it's just, like you say, the, your body is, it's capable of so much. So when you th- feel that you're done, you're nowhere near done. Mm. What you need to do is you need to understand that you can continue to attack miles and bring something else out on you that you don't think mm. that you've got because your body is a weapon system in its own right. And those messages that you received from friends and family of the people that you were representing yeah. was another push, another motivation that sometimes yeah. brought you emotional, to tears. Yeah. yeah, very emotional. And um, and it wasn't one or two either. It mm. was a lot on brothers, sisters, mums, dads, you know, auntie, uncles. It was so many powerful messages saying thank you for remembering Thank you for doing what you're doing up to the point where we had parents join me. Yeah. You know, we had um, Naomi Whitaker. He lost her son. Come and, she come and run twice with me, two separate occasions. And um, to, you know, hear, you know, her talk about her son and, and you know, t- for her to thank me for what I was doing, that's made, that made the pain all worth it. And, uh, yeah, I'm just... I'm glad it's all done. Yeah. And I'm I'm now f- fully recovered-ish. I've still got a bit of a problem behind my right knee, but we'll see. You're out running again. But I'm out running yeah. again. Ran yesterday quite hard. Then a half marathon a half yesterday. marathon yesterday, yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. I've fallen in love with running and I think it's really helped me. I, it's, I don't know. I don't know what it's done, but it's done something. Mm. And like you said, it helps you, it helps you think about freedom but also think about your business and yeah. i know that that's that's completely taken off and that's kind of what yeah. you're, you're stepping forward with now the, you, you literally live your keep attacking brand absolutely you know i launched keep attacking it's going to be two months in march and it's a clothing brand with a subliminal meaning one that is very unique and personal to the individual because we're all got our own journeys and throughout your journey you will come across adversity at some point in your life it's just it's what happens in life whether it's a loss of a loved one whether it's you know you're fighting cancer you're fighting to bring your business out of the brink or you want it to be the best in your arena whatever you're doing whether it's sport business school mm. you have to attack and you have to keep attacking and have an unstoppableness attitude either to get better, to grow, and to be the best version of yourself. And when I launched Keep Attacking, it just went wild because mm. I think so many people can relate. Mm. In life, you're not entitled to nothing, nothing at all. You've got to get up, show up, and attack each day with a purpose, with a sense of achievement and with a desire. And you know, if you continue to do that, you will get chances and you will, you know, go on a, a, a journey and if you trip up and you get hurt you acknowledge it you take your cigar moment you don't play victim and then you go on the offensive action and you continue to attack again and yeah keep attacking and just about to go into the running space yeah. of our events and I can't wait to bring everyone down and you know I'll be doing the warm ups with everyone and I'll, I'll probably even get on the you know, the, the trails oh, with them. I have no doubt that running. you will. You know, the thing is, I said, didn't I, before, 
but by be example you know i wouldn't ever just stand there and shout at people to get through the mud or through the water it's like look let's go through I'm the mud yeah let's go through the mud and water and we're going to be launching our events on some ministry of defense land so the real estate is really good it's pretty savage mm. we'll be I don't want to give too much away, but we'll be incorporating the keep attacking zones. So when you're going into a zone, you're going to have to attack to get out of that zone. And then, uh, yeah, but I want everyone mixed abilities. I want to be inclusive. I want the community to come out. I want people to display teamwork. I want people to be hungry to achieve. And and all of this, you know, we've, we've, we've been working hard to create. So watch this space yeah the it's, snippets i've seen of it look awesome yeah we filmed a promo video and we've we're kind of sending teasers out and uh if you if you are interested then jump on to at keep attackings yeah. instagram and also my own is at brian wood mc and uh, you'll see it all kind of come to free fruition and yeah hopefully you'll be there at the start line but for us perception's everything it needs to be the best events right in the uk that's what we're trying to achieve and so, i have yeah. no doubt that you'll be dragging me to the start line as well you are you're, you're, you're the hair you're <laughs> yeah. the hair and if you don't win Set then the pace. we'll be having conversations well brian so. j- just to end it off with um ask to all of our guests that what is it for you that why do you love being active what what do you love about that because i want to inspire my sons i want to be a, f- a fit dad that can push my boys can compete with my boys and to look after my health so I'm around for my boys that's what pushes me and and to you know to be a robust you know fit dad husband mm. you know and also helps me with my mental health you know health aspect on life as well so fitness is key Woody, it's been an absolute pleasure as always, and we look forward to seeing what's coming next from Keep Attacking and yourself. Love it. No, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Outside and Active podcast with Brian Wood. Don't forget you can sign up for the Soldiers Charity Catran Yomp and get £10 off your registration with the code OUTSIDE at soldierscharity.org forward slash yomp. That's Y-O-M-P. Don't forget to hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player or head over to outsideandactive.com forward slash podcast to keep track of all of our latest news for the outdoors. Until the next time, enjoy the outside.